Welcome, my friends, to Scry Me River, the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems, a special D&D loaded episode this week, We're jumping the gun a little bit, right? Previews start probably next week? Um, When do previews start? Don't they start really? They start like pretty soon, right? I think next week, yeah. Ah, that's close enough. Let's get that ah. hype train rolling, baby. Let's stoke the do, fire. Do, let's, do, put, let's put the hype coal into the hype boiler. Is that how it works? No, water in the boiler. Yep. The coal goes in the... hype the, juice in the, in the hype boiler. In the hype boiler. And watch that hype steam come out of the hype steam engine. This is not really working as an analogy. Point Rapidly is, falling apart, yeah. Adventures of the Forgotten Realms coming up very soon. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not... I guess I'm a huge magic shill because, like, I, you know, I'm a contractor for wizards or whatever. But, you know, I'm... Okay, I'll put it this way. When Strixhaven comes out, I wasn't like, oh, what's your favorite college, Dennis? Let's do all... Like, D&D set? I'm a little more excited than usual. You're all in? I wouldn't say I'm all in. I've got a couple of other irons in the fire. <laughs> what is it with you in the industrial age analogies today? Are you putting irons in the fire in the industrial age? Yeah, it's like a... Who wants to get irons in a fire? That's like it's a blacksmithing thing, smelting thing, thing or whatever. Yeah, right? no, yeah. that's like that's like a Middle Ages blacksmithery. You know, well, let's save the Middle Ages chat for later in the show. Oh, already. we got some Middle Ages. We got some Age of Empires chat coming up later on. Very annoying because Age of Empires, like it's, it's Age of Empires to the Age of Kings, which is mm-hmm. a much better name because there, I mean there were some empires at that point, but uh, there were more kingdoms than empires. I mean, I think that's always <laughs> been true. But the Middle Ages not known for their empires anyway. As you'd expect for this Magic Advice podcast, we're talking about anything other than magic. Let's uh, let's zoom in here, Dennis. Let's let's narrow the aperture. And let's let's talk about Chanfable.com, Riley, and tie it back to our AFR hype train. Oh, beautiful! Let's go. Get your hands sit over there right now. Limited stock this time for realsies. Actual for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms crates. Yeah, is that is that right? Why is that? Just don't hot, have very many of them. Hot property. We lost a bunch of them in this weird iron fire. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but now, <laughs> now, how many booster boxes have you got in your fire? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, a cold winter in in the in famously freezing Nevada desert, and they had to burn the AFR product to, to stay warm. To keep, yeah, to keep the uh, keep the lights on. Wow. Um. All right. So people better get in quick then. Get in quick. Get in quick. If you want your your exclusive promos, your playlists, and your hand on those tasty, tasty Tasha's hideous laughters, and we talked about this last week. They got a reprint fireball, right? Do we want to? I don't know. Like, what's what, you've got? I mean, I think the safe money is yes. It can be in, like, the set booster or whatever. Yeah. But they have to reprint Fireball. It's not that good a card. No. I mean, it's obviously the best card. It's the second best card. Right, after channel, yeah. <laughs> but, like, this is not a card that's going to warp standard. I, I think it's just rules-wise, it's not very good. No, it's like, fine. Templating-wise. Like, no, 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 no. Not at all. I think it looks like it. But, so, the, the most recent time it was printed was in Iconic Masters, right? Mm-hmm. And what did that read? Um, Fireball deals X. So, one, one an X, red and an X, right? Fireball deal, deals X damage divided evenly, rounded down, among any number of target creatures and or players. So these days it would just be any number of targets, right? Mm-hmm. That was the last printing in Iconic Masters. Fireball costs one more to cast for each target beyond the first. I guess that's okay. It's actually fine. It's actually fine. Yeah. And I don't think, like, it's not the sort of card that is going to warp. So that's it's- not really what Fireball does in D&D, though. No. It just fire- incinerates everything like a 20-foot cube or whatever, right? Yeah. It's a... Um- it's a big AoE spell. It's like a yeah. This is going to say area of effect spell, right? Like it hits. I have to. I have to actually look it up. I can't remember. Uh, casting time one action, one hundred fifty feet. So weird. They still use feet. 
Um, uh, each creature in a yeah twenty foot radius sphere. Well done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Takes XD six damage depending on what um, spell slot you use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Dexterity saving throw for half damage. You don't get that in. Imagine that. Imagine that. Creatures have dex of, throws in a main in a game of magic. I say, right, I cast fireball on your four four. I'll do a four damage to it. Okay, it gets a dex saving throw to see if it can. <laughs> oh, 17 only takes two damage. <laughs> only takes two damage. Doesn't die. Oh dear. Uh, I'll cast fireball targeting your uh, your thieves good enforcer. Okay, well it's a rogue, so it has uncanny dodge. And mm-hmm. uh, wait, I better check that uncanny dodge is the ability that I think it does. You're See, I know get... what these abilities do, but I like not. I probably don't. Riley, I... Riley, it's Dungeons and Dragons. These abilities do whatever you say they do. Yeah. Nope, that's not. That's the wrong one. Evasion, evasion is what I'm looking for there. Uncanny dodge lets you have your a uh, your, your action to have the attacks damage against you. I just don't like Dennis. You say, oh, the, the ability does whatever you want it to do. Do you know what will not do what I want it to do? Is Your this, Twitter mentions? This show's inbox when it gets, well, um, uh, actually, it's uh, an evasion and not uncanny dodge. That uh, That's how D&D players talk. Uh, I, know. I didn't know we had a special guest D&D player on this week. Being one of them. Um, In any yeah, case, though, head to shampoo.com, buy your AFR crates, get them while they're hot, or well, probably wait till they cool down, to be honest, and use code SMART when you do it. Cooper Code Night. Uh, have you, Cooper Code SMART. Here's a question. Do you sell D&D rule books? I don't think John Harbaugh does, no. You should look into that, man. I think we have we used to have them on the prize wall, I think, at GPs. What about a bundle? Box of the Forgotten books. Realms and like a, a player's handbook? That would be pretty cool, actually. That wouldn't be bad, man. It would be awkward to ship. They are they're they they are weighty tones. The combination of those two things is yeah, a very they're, weird they're, shape. <laughs> they're really bad shapes together. Yeah. I think it would only be worse if if, if um Booster boxes came in spheres. Yeah, you could do two bo- of a twenty a twenty foot sphere. You probably do two boxes end to end, and then a, a book. That's roughly rectangular. Yeah, that that'd actually be that'd be like a, a, a that'd be a hefty package, but it would be. I don't know. I like. I don't think. I think the number of people that are going to get into D and D because of magic, or vice versa. Well, actually, the D and D nerds have already got their players' handbooks. You don't need to sell them a second one. Mm-hmm. But I think that the the number of people who are going to try D and D right because of this set. It's not zero. No, get that PHB. Yeah, get that PHB. Get you a, know what get a tome there. that I own that is totally useless? Go on. Dungeon Master's Guide. It, you don't need it. No. You don't need it. No. Just a bunch really. of loot tables in a book. Yeah, the loot tables are useful. There's also, a, like, it, it talk, it's got good advice if you're trying to build your own campaign, but, I mean, who's got the time? I do that. Whenever, I, know, I never do pre prefab campaigns. Oh, really? Okay, well, Dennis, got, must be nice. Must be nice to have that much free time. I don't know. I, no, I just wing it. What do you mean? Well, if, if you're the sort of person who likes planning out stuff, it's got a bunch of like important rules and stuff yeah. in there. You know, uh, it's not completely useless, but largely speaking, yeah. I, if, okay, if you're if you're like, hmm, I'd like to run a D and D campaign, but I only have enough money for two books. Get the player's handbook. Get the monster manual. I don't know. Ask for the Dungeon Master's Guide for Christmas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whenever I do, whenever I play, whenever I DM, I write what I think might happen. In like an A4 page, and then I go grab like three monster stop blocks, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I've just used pre pre rolled campaigns for for years now because they're they're easy, they're well written, and they are flexible enough that you can put your own spin on them. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to. Like I always think of the adventure zone when they start, and they're trying to figure out the tone of the adventure, mm-hmm. and one of the guys' names is Barry Blue Jeans. Mm-hmm. And I always think of the Barry Blue Jeans factor because that's like something that I had in my campaign since I was, you know, I played since I was a teenager. And I never wanted to be straight, hardcore, serious fantasy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'd always, I'd always have the the Barry Blue Jeans 
effect where there's like, you know, some, for instance, ridiculous, powerful, you know, shaman, warlock, warriors, whatever, something, you know, to arcane talismans, bone armor and all that sort of stuff, right? But, you know, has wears a baseball cap or like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, is into Star Wars or something dumb. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. I understand. Anyway. I'm not we- like that. I, I like finding comedy in the rooted fantasy. Sure. But, I mean, what I'm saying is I, I like, you know, you, you can, what, okay, my point is, with these precons, you can inject your own silliness into them. They don't. You don't. They don't have to be as cut right. and dry as that. Yet. Nothing about D and D's rules. It's all guidelines. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. We. I'm going to say it this time. I'm going to take and take the words out of your mouth. Go on. Big show today. Big show today. We um, <laughs> we put out the the call for um D and D stories, and boy howdy, did we get some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you, everyone who wrote in with your your D and D stories. We're not going to get across all of them today, but keep them coming in because um, I mean. Eventually, the novelty will wear off and we'll have to go back through some of the stinkers that didn't make it today. Uh, that's not fair. <laughs> they were good stories. They were good stories. But we're just like, we're, we're, we're rationing them. Um, yeah, we've got some, got some absolute crackers. Should we just start? Should we just get straight into the D&D stories? Let's do it. Let's do that's it, man. All right. Our that. first Let's one comes D&D. in. Well, it's, it's funny because there are a couple that sort of uh, um, are almost like mongrels of other, like crossbreeds of other smart segments. Yes. There, there are a couple that are D&D horror stories, right? Let's start. Actually, you know what? Let's start with a D&D horror story. All right. This one comes in from Your Fix and says, D&D horror story. I tried playing it once. <laughs> Not for everybody. All right, Your Fix. <laughs> all right, mate. <laughs> Why are you coming after us so hard? Fork over the lunch money, Riley. You got us. Yeah. Your Fix tried playing it and then went back to, you know, kicking footballs on the yeah, soccer firing turf pigs pitch. down the field. Exactly. Do, doing laps for coach. Doing hit hit the gym with the uh, the uh, got to got to fatten those pipes. What? Those I don't pipes know. are you fat? What? Excuse me. <laughs> Isn't that what arms are called? Pipes. Like no, if you've I've got, never heard anybody. Uh, that's definitely a thing. Pipes. No, that's definitely a thing. Are arms pipes? Well, arms are just pipes. Oh, like, hang on. Here we go. Biceps versus pipes. What's the difference? Yeah. See, biceps. Your pipes. Like, oh, check out the pipes <laughs> on that guy. It's the thing, man. <laughs> so hang on. This is a f- website I didn't know existed called Wikidiff, which just gives you the definition of the two things. Oh, that's good. So, but I went biceps versus pipes. What's the difference? Yeah. Bicep, noun, anatomy, any muscle having two heads. Pipes, English, noun, a single pipe organ. Figuratively, one's vocal capacity. Figuratively, biceps. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. I'd never heard that before. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't wrong. Guns there, so. and swans. Yes. Swans? Yeah. Oh, because you hold it up like a swan. Like a swan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hold up. Uh, Dennis is a little sort of. I'm a little teapot, except on both sides. Yeah, yeah. teapot spouts. That's what I call. Them. I call them my spouts. <laughs> Your leaky yeah. pipes. My, my my pipes are leaky. I'll tell you that. I should get that scene too. Anyway, yeah, D and D not for everyone. Your fix tried it, but didn't like it. Wasn't his fix. I wonder. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't your. <laughs> Very good. All right. Um, oh, the next one's really long. You read it, Dennis. I can't. I, 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 I'm going to make you do it. Let, let me wet my pipes one second. Dennis has just soaked his biceps here. Alrighty. Oh, that's Sean. I would like to tell a D&D horror story that might not be the most outlandish, but it cut me to the core. I ran a homebrewed world for my closest friends and one sniff another that became a close friend. Oh, no, it didn't work out. <laughs> right? Uh, no, I think it's the significant other of one of the players. 
Oh, not yeah. a girlfriend they stopped talking to? Okay. No, so Sean has invited his mates around and one of the mates has been like, I'll bring my partner, right? Partner, yeah. And we're like, yep, yeah, great, no worries. Um, I told the group up front that the game was going to take a year to run. Sessions every other week. Nobody can skip. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is this the horror story? No, no. You know what? I've done this before, man. I've cracked the whip, and because because I've I've got friend, uh, good friends back in Australia, back in Melbourne, who were famously flaky. Right? Oh, That's I'd love disaster. to play D D. Oh, geez, I'd love that to be great, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what do you want to do? Because I'm happy to run some one shots for you, but if you want me to like read a campaign book, right? You've got to be in for the long haul. And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, okay, well, no, I'll, I'll just do. We'll just play. We'll just muck around. We're not doing a serious campaign. I, I, I'm 100 percent behind you on this one. I had timed it so that the finale of the game would take place both in-world and IRL on the winter solstice, and we'd have a bit of a party on that last session. Ooh. Lot, it's a lot. Okay. It's very cool that you got it to line up with the winter solstice in real life. It is not a brag to say that you got it to line up with winter solstice in the game, because that is as a DM, you can have the that winter solstice happen you. whenever you want. Anyway, Surprise! go Surprise! <laughs> winter solstice. <laughs> Uh, every player made it to every session, and we didn't have to reschedule anything. This nice. was a huge that's, win. Oh, that, mm, that's oh, that's one succulent. of the players, the significant other, the partner of, the, of one of the original players, did not show up to the final session. <gasps> the epic oh. cinematic climax that the whole campaign had been building up to for the past year, the IRL party we had been planning, they didn't want to come. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh dear! I tried to reschedule it to a time when they could come, but they just said they weren't feeling it and didn't want to play anymore. This was the lowest moment of my years as a DM. Okay, Sean. I am almost certain this person got in an argument with their partner. That was why they didn't want to go to the last session. This sucks. And I have been there, man. I, I just want to say, Sean, I stand with you in solidarity. Because, like, a lot of people can listen to that and be like, well, it's not that big a deal. But you don't understand, like, the, the heart and soul that gets poured into, like, DMing, right? Mm. For every, you know, for all the hours you spend having fun, D&D DMs are doing that much work behind the scene to make sure that the sessions are as good as they are. And when you pour your heart and soul into a, a year-long campaign and then have a, it's not even like oh i can't come it's my you know grandma's funeral i just don't really feel like it like that's it's one more session just sit there and get through it man maybe i'm reading too much into it because this is the partner of one of the friends but yeah. i think they had a fight i whatever it is man like you just this is it's such selfish behavior like Sean's, do you know how much work goes into dm well for you it's an a4 piece of paper and a couple of stat blocks but like <laughs> You, can I tell you what happened to me one time? What's that? So I, I did a full, it was 18 months campaign, right? The entire prison thing, sentence. right? Zero, level one to level 20, right? Fought a Tarask, established a city, all sorts of stuff, right? Anyway, the level 19 thing was they had to defend their city from an invasion of drow elves, of, of, of dark mm-hmm. elf drow, right? And then they went on to fight their final bosses, which had been, you know, these dumb, again, very silly arcs. One of them was a, skeleton the cowboy hat it was all very silly right but what i did for the final session is i set up this this like payoff that had been running for a long time uh as a final boss i had it all planned and they all came it's not like one of them piked but as a special surprise when they finished the campaign when they beat the final boss i had actually commissioned an artist online this is back in 2009 it was a hard thing to do right Mm. commissioned an artist online to do a a portrait of the of the party like all in like cool poses and stuff right with like their weapons and how they look you know custom it was it was and i was 19 and didn't have a lot of money and it cost Mm. me a lot right and i framed them 
And I brought them in a big bag and the people are like, oh, what's that, right? And I'm like, oh, you have to finish. And like that. Anyway, as their prizes, when they finish the thing, I was like, here are these framed prints Portraits that I got of, of, yeah. of your characters, right? And so I'm like, oh, thanks, right? And one of the guys is like, all right, sweet, let's go and fight those elves. I was like, no, no, the campaign's like, that's it, man. The campaign's over. He's like, yeah, but like we can keep, we're just like, we just go back and like, I want to I I go and explore the, like go and fight those elves. I'm like, does this mean, like, <laughs> this is this is the equivalent of like watching the end of a film and then being like, yeah, but what happened? To this? It's like, just can you appreciate the like? It was such the finality of it. Like yeah. this guy looked at the picture, and was like, oh, cool, put it down, and then was like, all right, what's next? It's like, no, there's no like, there's no, there's not. Mm. This is a oh man, it still sits with me. I think I told you about this. I DM'd some a group of our friends of ours, and one of my friends is is called Alan, who I actually don't see very often anymore. So Alan, if you're out there. How's it going, buddy? I miss you. <laughs> I miss you so much, Alan. <laughs> uh, Alan is famously low attention span. Okay. Um, so he did something when we played D&D for the first time that I think would drive you crazy, Riley. Okay. So whatever about like going on his phone and stuff like that, that's no, like no, one thing. No, 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 no. No phones, no laptops, no. Right, this is one step further. Oh, my goodness. We were sitting there and Alan picked up and started reading the monster manual, just cover to cover. You've told me, actually, you have told me about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had a friend who did that as well. Yeah. 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 And he's like, oh, do we get to fight a, like a Tarasque? I'm like, well, yeah. no, because that's like an apocalyptic Yeah, event. that's like a world. Challenge rating yeah. 15 or whatever. But yeah, like- yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I had a mate who did that. And it, I, I think we've told the story before. And it was like, all right, an owlbear leaps at you out of the trees. Like, okay, well, they've got 59 hit points. Their AC is 14 and they have this attack. It's like, stop it, man. Like, Play a druid with a ridiculous monster knowledge if you're going to start doing that like, sort of meta. It always confuses stuff. me when players are like, "Oh, we figured out what the AC of the enemy is because my 16 hit, but your 15 didn't." I'm like, "Cool. Were you gonna? Were you lowballing your rolls? What are you talking yeah. about?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then it just changes. Oh, the owlbear picks up a bit of bark and straps it to its arm, and now it has a shield, and now its AC is plus two, so it gets stuffed. Um, Do you fudge numbers when you DM? No, actually, in the most recent ones, I've done all the numbers out. Uh, and you know what it results in? A lot more people dying. Yeah. A lot more people dying. Yeah. yeah. I'm usually sparing you from the, the multi-attack of the Yeti, not the other way around. Yeah, it's, not, it's not usually like, <laughs> oh, I'll do extra damage. It's usually like, yeah, I, I, I enjoy the... The only roles that I don't, that I'll, I'll hide are like ones that need to be hidden, like... Uh, deception rolls or Deception rolls or persuasion rolls or, or something where the outcome isn't known yet. Something like that. Mm. Like a set, what is it called in d and I, I still use a 3.5 thing, like sense motive, whatever it is. Insight, insight. Insight, yeah. Yeah. So I'll hide them just to preserve a bit of mystery. Like we were, we were playing this game last week and they, they a Yeti came up, which is a yeah. little higher than the child running for five level one characters than it should be. But I was like- I'm- Whoa, they're level one and they're fighting Yetis? Yeah. That's, wow. Den, Den, Dennis doesn't muck around. You best, you best bring your, your, your really hot dice. Oh, yeah, that. no. I, I was like, I, I was expecting them to get like Deus Ex Marketed by an NPC, which they did, and it was fine. Okay, yeah, sure. It was like a scripted loss. If they if they crit the Yeti three times in a row and they win, power to them. That's <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, but the Yeti shows up, hits one of them, and, I'm, and I was like, all right, does 14 damage. He's like, cool, well, I'm level one. I have nine HP. And I was yeah, like, all right, well, you're unconscious. Right? Like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awful. They Smacks do, you into a tree, you're down. <laughs> they've got multi. Yeah, they've got multi attack. They do one d six plus four, and then one. No, no, they don't have multi attack. They do one d six plus four, and then one d six cold damage. So they average yeah, ten damage. A, a hit will kill almost any. That'll one shot a, a most level ones, dude. What the <laughs> hell, dude? Wow, <laughs> you're really not mucking around. 
I, I, you, uh, people say you shouldn't start D&D campaign. Well, they do level have multi-attack because then they've got chilling gaze as well. Yeah, yeah they could just... They, yeah, they, it killed somebody by looking at them. That they was it, par- yeah. No, they paralyze them. They take 10 cold damage and they're paralyzed <laughs> for a minute and you're throwing this at level ones? Yeah. Level one D&D is a survival horror game, dude. <laughs> level one D&D is go to the cave and fight the goblins. That's what it Two is, Two goblins, man. no more. Yeah. Uh, adventurers, we're so glad you've come. In the cave lurks a vile threat. Ah, yes, goblins. Yeah, we're level one. We know. Wait, go- no, goblins. No, it's no. they're yeti, man. There's like ten of them in there. Dude, we're what? level one. <laughs> oh, yes, but there'll be a rich purse. Ten gold pieces for you if you can slay the yetis. Like we're not going. We're level one. I have a short. You'll sword, have to. Cr- man. You'll have to crawl past the corpses of the previous adventurers <laughs> to get to the yetis. <laughs> uh, grave threat threatens our village. Water poisoning from all the corpses of the dead adventurers that have got into our water supply. What I'll let him fight some bandits and kill some bandits, but I like having the world... Be- I, I want to be like, hey, this forest you're in is scary. Mm-mm. There's yetis and shit here. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's fun. It's fun giving them stuff that they... that It's just because they PCs always go in expecting they're going to win every encounter, right? Mm-hmm. And the best, de- the best possible encounter you can have is the critical hit of the last party member standing doing exact damage to the final monster. That's the mm-hmm. best possible outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Maximum enjoyment, minimum punishment, but maximum like tension and hype, right? And trying to thread that needle as a deem is very difficult, especially when you're D- doing open rolls. I have a D&D question for you, Riley. Go on. How do you impose... This is a D&D podcast this week. I hope that's okay, everybody. How do you impose stakes on your players because you don't want to kill them? I think the question is, how did I used to do that? Because now I kill them. Okay. Now I kill him. How do I learn to stop worrying and love the killing? Uh, it's very freeing as a DM to stop. Because th- there's a thing in the 3.5. I don't know if it's in the 5th edition, but I played a lot of 3.5, which is becoming very obvious the more we talk about it. There's a section, a chapter in the um, in the players, in the the Dungeon Master's Guide from 3.5 that is called The DM's Dirty Little Secret. And the DM's Dirty Little Secret is he or she or they want the players to win. Mm-hmm. And that's not supposed to. You're, you're, you're the adversary. Right, mm-hmm. you're the one who's standing in their way of success, but secretly you actually want them to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Just, I, I gave that away. I, I, the, 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 the more you think of yourself as a rules engine, right, as a, as a, as a thing that spits out outcomes for their you inputs, know, for their inputs, don't, don't emotionally invest yourself in their characters. You'll have a, you will have a, well, do to to some extent, obviously, but like, don't coddle them and don't go out of your way to keep them alive because it is when players know that their characters are actually at risk right and it's not just going to be like oh you find a potion that heals Mm -hmm. your wounds and you can oh it's a quick it's a it's a free action to drink this potion it's a it's fine you gain 20 hit points and you're back on your feet like when they're like shit i might die here it changes it, the game becomes so much more fun. It makes the triumph so much more rewarding, and I the loss to, is so much more heartbreaking. I used to do it with equipment. Okay, go on. You get a cool. You're a bard. You get a cool magical loot. Mm. The Yeti doesn't. When the Yeti knocks you unconscious, your loot shatters. That also works. Yeah, yeah. You I got, mean, that's you got it, a cool. That's that's taking something away from them. In you know. I'm taking away their life. You're taking away their loot, but still, I it's just like, I don't want people to be like, I played this character for five sessions, and now I have to make a new one. Or uh, the, the real one is, you don't get to come anymore, Andy. <laughs> See you later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, one life. That's it. You know, this is, we're playing arcade mode rules. Um, 
No, like it's also fun in like bringing in new characters and that sort of stuff or having the rest of the party take their corpse to a cleric and pay the 10,000 gold or whatever to get them reanimated. Reanimify, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a cool one in a campaign I played. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this topic the rest of the podcast. I think it's fine, though, right? It's a D&D episode. That's okay. It's a D&D. I mean, we, we, it, we're talking about D&D probably for the next couple of weeks, I would say. It's gonna, there's yeah. going to be a smatter of D&D content. Um, where the rogue died. Yeah. The rogue was Jeff, actually. <laughs> oh, know, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, yeah Jeff, uh, Jeff from CFP. Yep. The rogue died, and um, he... Um, he went. He went to this like ethereal realm oh, yeah. when he when he when he died, mm-hmm. and there was a god there. Whatever the god of deception is, I can't remember what it is. In D&D. Yeah, maybe yeah. it could have been. I think it was. Okay. And there was a door, <clears throat> and he goes up to the door to try open it, and it's locked. Yeah. And then Vector comes up to him, and he hands him she. gold. She, sorry, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the name of the god. Yeah. <laughs> Gives him a gold lockpick. Okay. And says, "You get one." And he and he lockpicks the door, yeah. and he goes back into the living world and wakes up got a life and he's got what and, he, and when he wakes up he's got a, a a slot in his arm yeah that like burns yeah and burns until he puts a gold coin in it and then it doesn't burn for an hour oh that's awful <laughs> yeah i mean cool but terrible he's got a lot got a life debt <laughs> and because he's a rogue a thief like you gotta go around feed feed the god yeah i don't know if it was vecna vecna's the goddess of secrets but still that is that's cool. Huh? That's cool, man. Oh, I hate it, but it's cool. Imagine having to feed money into your arm. Oh, mm. gross, dude. Um, we've got some lighter stories here. <laughs> None of them quite as heavy as this one, but these are brilliant. And this next one, Dennis. Oh, I, this is genius. Give, give us this submission from Larry Socks because this, yeah, this is so good, here. dude. From Larry Socks. On our first campaign, our wizard had a spell that transmogrified any enemy into a frog. The problem was that if the frog took any instances of damage, it would revert back to its original enemy form. We thought this was pretty useless until one of us came upon a revelation. We could first turn a scary enemy into a frog, and if a later encounter involved a room full of enemies, we could open the door, yeet that frog at a wall, and then slam the door and let the enemies hash it out with each other. The frog takes damage, dips back to full health, dangerous and understandably irate direwolf or whatever and proceeds to become someone else's problem. The DM liked our creativity so much that in future campaigns, town guards would support would support frog bombs tied around their belts as a tribute to our amphibious arms advancement program. So good. I can just imagine all the guards like frogs that are tied to their belts. Like, oh man, that's so, like frog grenade. It's got a little, it's got a little like, like loop of paper around its foot that says direwolf. One says yeah, like, yeah, exactly. one says owlbear. You yeah. got the tarasque frog one. You're like, don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I guess you, I guess the terrestrial just rolled a one on its save. Crit failed its save. That's such good technology, though. Because turn to frog or whatever the spell is, transmogrify. It's supposed to be like a stun, basically. You know, it's a, de- it's, a, it's, a it's a temporary solution. Yeah, it's like I'll turn that into a frog, and then after the however. The thing is, that spell doesn't last forever. It's probably got concentration one minute or something. It's not. It wouldn't be concentration. I don't think. I think it would just be. Let me let me look it up. I think it's transmogrify. Um, uh, transmogrify D and D five, um, but I feel like it wouldn't last forever. Concentration up to ten minutes. Okay, you got a while. No, wait, that's you cast on yourself. Okay, I don't know what the spell is, but I would imagine that it wouldn't last forever. Ah, but it's too cool, man. It's such a cool thing to turn. I love. I love the like. Okay, you got your frog bomb of your owlbear. Yeah, that's your belt, right? And you're being chased by rangers and you're running through the woods. Yeah. And you fail your deck saving throw. And you trip. You trip and over. you land on your and you land on the wrong <laughs> ball. 
you land on the frog, which stops being a squished frog and starts being a very big and very angry owlbear. Which I would say definitely gets an attack of opportunity in yes, that case. As it rise, rises up above <laughs> you like this. Oh, man, that's so sick. That's such good technology. I don't know how you like keep the spell around long enough, uh, but that once you've overcome that hurdle, that's so sick, man. All right, we've got another one. This one comes from Magic Rat 81 DD story. Going back a couple of years, our GM... I never say GM. I say DM. Um, I prefer... The, I, I say DM, but I prefer the terminology GM. I like. I prefer a game master. To I like Dungeon master. master so much better, man. Dungeon master. I don't even like dungeons, dude. Dungeons, uh, dungeon master. Uh, as you made the party start out in a dungeon. Okay, well, should have been a DM then. Uh, mm-hmm. As in imprisoned with no adventuring gear. Ah, classic. The the Elder Scrolls start. Elder Scrolls Four. Yep. Well, Not, Elder, the campaign. Sorry, I, the campaign. Elder Scrolls every one. Well, my, uh, no, I say I say that because the campaign I just started had had a Skyrim opening. <laughs> Except they were captured by bandits, but they were just on the back of a car. Back of a, yeah, very good. Um, Morrowind's the same. You start as a prisoner. Ah, uh, you find. What is it? Stand up. There you go. You were dreaming. What's your name? What's the Skyrim one? Quiet. Here comes the guards. You're in the. You're in the cart. You just. What, said what's that. the What's the line though? Um. Trying to cross the border. Were you something like that? That's it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah Called yeah. trying to cross the border. Something like that. I'm looking it up. Skyrim opening meme. That was 10 years ago, man. Hey, you! it's hey you, you're finally awake. Um, Yeah, and then in Oblivion, you hang out with Patrick Stewart for a bit. Very briefly. Very briefly. <laughs> Exceedingly briefly. And then go and hang out with uh, with Scene Bean instead. Sorry. Well, there's... What's his name? Sean Bourne. Scene, Sorry. Scene, Sean Bourne, yeah. Sean Bourne. Yeah. There, well, there's an Argonian across from you in, in Oblivion who's like, you're going to die in here. Uh yeah no it's a wood elf he ta- he taunts you oh, it's a wood elf you're yeah, right he, and he, he makes like racist remarks as well yeah he taunts you based on your race it's very it's very interesting way to uh, to enter into the game anyway um starting at in a dungeon, dungeon no gear imprisoning no gear yep uh, we managed to trick a guard into entering the cell where we overpower him and get ready to make our escape classic a classic technique. Metal Gear Solid move yeah except that the three fighters in the party. Oh my goodness, the three fighters in the party couldn't agree as to who would take the guard's sword, the only weapon available. We spent half an hour in real time arguing this, even initiating unarmed combat within the party to establish who the best fighter was. Eventually, we settled on the paladin. Uh, The paladin uh, took the sword and we finally got on with the adventure. We proceeded from our cell up into the dungeon to the next room, which was the armory. Even if it wasn't in the original dungeon, you got a bet that 15 minutes into them fighting, but you're like, all right, the next one's full of weapons. It has to be. There's oh, no yeah. other way. And if, if it weren't, that's the thing. As the DM, you're just like, well, this is too good. It is now. Yeah, it is yeah. now. It's too, that's that's the that's, that's the dynamic storytelling. That's that's what's so good about this. This is classic PC behavior as well. Classic, mm-hmm. classic PC behavior. No, no, no plan survives first contact with the players. Over the years, I've had so many different mechanisms to deal with, like dividing up loot. Mm-hmm. Like in my first one we had to we had a party loot sheet right there was actually a communal yeah. inventory that they all kind of had access to but not at instant speed like they had to sort of it was it was just held in in trust almost right mm-hmm. and then argue about when they could and couldn't take stuff out and then i've just had free-for-alls where it's like no oh, you do what you want right um then there's been like you can steal and loot and do whatever you want as well but you can't steal from other players right and then that loot was modified to you can steal from other players if they don't turn up mm. right so, you know, the we, we'd we always have the joke that if a player was absent from a session, they were just doing like an idle animation, you know, inspecting yeah. their weapons or just like standing, like you know. Kicking, kicking the dirt, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so if you could sneak up on them and pickpocket them against their like passive perception skills, eh, it's fine. 
They turn up the next day. It's like, they turn up the next session. What happened to my gold? Didn't I have gold? Oh, it's gone, man. <laughs> Tell you what, they don't, they don't miss sessions after that. It's great. It's really good. Man, D&D, what a game. It is the epitome of it is what you make of it, though. Uh, I've played, I've had a lot of fun over the years playing D&D. I've also played some really. Are there, can you share a D&D horror story with us? D&D, the worst D&D horror story I probably had was when I was on exchange. I went to um, I went to university, university of Illinois, and I joined the role playing club there, right? Because I wanted to find a D&D group to play with. And I was so keen. I had like, I was, oh, mate, I was, I was ready for anything. Um, I joined a group and it was awful. It was so, so awful. It was by the book, measuring out. Like, I I tend not to even play with, like, miniatures or maps or anything. Like, it's all in your head, man. How far away are they? Like, what a cast you want? What spell do you want to cast? Fireball. Yeah, they're, they're, they're close enough. Don't worry about it. Right? Oh, every, everyone's spread out exactly 30 feet apart from each other. No more, always, no less. Yeah, it's always incredible. You're a halfling. Sorry, did I say? I'm at 25. Yeah, no exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I, like I just prefer I just prefer it all to be in your head, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. we like I have as a DM, I, I try to play without um, uh, a laptop. Mm-hmm. It's tough, but I, I, I if if I'm if I'm in the zone, I can do it, right? But I, we we have like a, it's actual pen and paper role playing, right? Went through a phase where everyone had their character sheets digitally. I hated it. Awful, yeah. yeah so it's all paper. Um, but yeah, no, these people I played with were rules lawyery to the point where it's like like you just couldn't do cool stuff because mm. that you know the the frog thing for example they would just never work in that thing because they'd be like well no there's no way to extend the spell but it's like it's really cool man come on you know if you have a cool idea i'm giving a bonus actions like there's nobody yeah you'll get you'll get an advantage on stuff if it's cool all the time right mm-hmm. advantage might be the best mechanic that has they've thought of in D since forever so, for advantage for those of you who don't know is when you do anything, you have to roll to see how well you do it. And advantage lets you roll twice and take the better number. Conversely, disadvantage makes you take the lower number. The ch- I haven't looked at the actual numbers, but the chance of something succeeding when you have advantage on it is just huge. You mm-hmm. know, does it double the chance of it succeeding? I think it does even more than that. I don't even I don't know what it does, right? But it's just the best mechanic because if someone's like, "All right, I'm going to do this," oh, that's really cool. You got advantage because I want it to succeed. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, D&D is great. If you haven't played it, you should. Playing it online, in my experience, kind of sucks, but a lot of people make Same. it work. Um, but now that we're kind of, things are kind of getting back to normal, yeah, find some people to play D&D with because it's the best fun you can have for free. It's Except for the books are like 40 bucks. There is, there's like the D&D SRD. Are you advocating people take to the high seas already? No, there's the SRD. There's the system reference document. Once, also, actually, you can get a lot of it in um, Beyond for that, free. That's what I'm saying. The, the SRD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's under an open gaming license or something. Mm-hmm. You you can... I think it's stuff like... There's basic stuff like character creation and some other things that aren't, ac- aren't available on that, right? Mm-hmm. But you can... If you want to play D&D for free, you can. Because if you find anyone else who plays, they will teach you, right? Yep. Yeah, right? You, having a player's handbook is useful. And if you want to play D&D seriously... Probably you should get a player's handbook at least. But yeah, you can play D&D for nothing very easily. So yeah, anyway. All right, right. Let's pivot into some shark tales here. Woo-hoo. Woohoo. Oh, wow. Roll reversal. All right, we got one here from Gooseboxicus. Yeah, this, one's, Hell of a this name. one sucks, man. Like it's it's a good submission, but this, like just I, I get ready because this one, we've had some shark tales. 
you know, we've had some maybe gummy sharks. Is there is there a sad woohoo coming along we've here? Some, this is dad. This is this is daddy shark. This, we've had some gray nurses. This one's a full on tiger shark, dude. This one, sucks. shark tail. LGS owner. Let's call him Bill. I do like when they put names in. Yeah, Bill sees a twelve year old come in with a binder full of high value rares, Mox opals, etc. That's a hell of an that etc. Doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Yeah. <laughs> Bill starts going through the kids' tray binder after the kid said he's not interested in selling cards. Bill tells the local patrons that this is his business and not to interfere when we attempt to help the kid keep his rares. 30 minutes later, Bill hands the kid back his Ravage binder and tells him he has $80 store credit. GameStop rules, best I can do. Doesn't even tell him which cards he took. When the kid asks to see the cards, he might not want to get rid of some of them. Bill tells the kid he's 12, sorry, all transactions are final. The kid left the game store in tears and never to play. This is just theft! Imagine if the roles were reversed. If there was a 12-year-old running the store? Imagine. There'd be so many problems. Taxation for one. No. Imagine if a customer came in and said, I'm going to buy some cards. I'm not going to tell oh, you yeah. what they are. Lifts, lifts the glass off the case. Flip, up, 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 up. Scoops yeah, them yeah, up. Yeah. Here's, here's 80 bucks. What did you take? That doesn't matter. All transactions are final. This is just theft. Off a yeah. child. It's awful. Literally stealing Power 9 from a baby. Well, it's not Power 9. It's a Mox Opal. <laughs> You're getting confused. Sure. <laughs> Dennis I want, the- no, no, no. No, no, I want to like, let's just, I want to embellish. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Dennis, Dennis sees Mox Opal, etc., and goes, ah, it must be the oven. It must be, it must the- be Mox Jet, Mox, Mox Diamond. Sapphire, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, 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 for sure. I said Mox Diamond. That's not a power nine. Anyway. He had all the Moxes right. That's what the etc. implies. This is so terrible. Yes. This is terrible to the point that like, normally, you know, when we have LGS, like, oh, gee, that's bad. Oh, this is the sort of thing I want to know where this place is so we can say don't go here especially if you're a 12 year old it's terrible 13 plus i mean the 12 year old shouldn't even have magic cards the packs say 13, 13 and plus i mean them. yeah actually you know what he deserves he it. deserves <laughs> it i've changed my mind we salute you bill doing i mean you should have taken you were, this kid was lucky to get store credit yeah maybe play not be reported to the wizard police exactly go to azkaban go to wizard jail uh no this is this is, this is, this is terrible this is f- Whoa! Why? It's okay. It's bad. It's not bad. It's enough. deserving. It's not Riley. bad enough that I have to get the bloody bleep out. Okay, forty-four. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's, oh well, no. Actually, it's not going to be forty-four when you listen to this because Dennis had to go and bust a grumpy. I took a, I took a bathroom he break. Was right. Gone What's the problem? For a while as well. Everything okay down there, mate? It is now. You're just relaxing. Uh, just chilling. I had to go. Bit. I had to go drop off eighty dollars worth of singles at the store. It was, whew, a long time. Anyway. This one sucks so much, and this poor kid. Imagine, like, this makes me actually sad, like, like in my heart. Every part of it. Oh no, I don't really want to trade this. Ah, shut up, kid. Give me that binder, right? What did you take? Ah, it doesn't matter. Here's eighty dollars in store credit for probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of cards. I don't know, man. From a this, child, this, tried to stop, powerless. The Good Samaritans on the on the sidelines. Yeah, as well, like trying to trying to intervene, and then the, the like all sales final. No, it's none of your business. I bet this is one of those LGSs where there's just not another one for 100 kilometers anywhere nearby. So, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's either that or nothing. Mm-hmm. And they know it. It has to be. It has to be because you'd never get away with this sort of stuff otherwise. I'd never go back to an LGS that, if I saw this happen. Never. That's, that's awful, man. Just terrible. Gooseboxicus, thank you for telling us this story, but also this sucks so much. Oh, it sucks. All right. <sighs> We've got a real advice question here. This right? one's going to help. It's also child-related. Mm. Yeah. Hi, Riley and Dennis. I have an MTG advice question for this MTG advice podcast. Correctly identified. I'm a somewhat, mm, 
I'm a somewhat competitive MTG player. Parentheses. I've top eight in SCG regionals. Well, that's meaningless. Don't worry about that. And cash two GPs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cash in GPs is impressive at least. Cash is pretty good. Yeah. Like SCG regionals, there's probably like eight people there. So don't worry about that. Wow. Probably top eight of us showing up. Wow. Uh, but I often have opponents assume I'm bad at the game because I'm a kid. For example, today I had an opponent who I didn't know insist on seeing my deck in sideboard so they could help me improve my deck. However, if I tell them actually I'm a good player, I seem rude and arrogant. What is the best way to tell these people that I'm actually I'm a decent player without sounding like a magical asshole? Beat him into the ground, baby! Yeah, if I mean if you beat someone and they're telling you you need to improve your deck, that's pretty ridiculous. Well, look, even the best players, like even if even if Lee Folk Shaman here is amazing at the game, they're going to lose thirty or forty percent of the games yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, the. What the line I would take here, but I don't know. I'm a bit older, and so maybe it doesn't. Maybe when you're a kid, this sort of stuff matters a little bit Fake more. Fake mustache, right? perhaps. Um, is I would actually just let them do it and embarrass themselves. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know what I don't know exactly how old you are, and it, the thing is, like when I'm like at the age of 32, if someone starts patronizing me, I just find it funny. It's just like, all right, okay, dude, I'm gonna sit here and let you make a turkey of yourself while you tell me how I should fix my deck, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you enough rope, you're gonna hang yourself, right? But maybe that doesn't work at the age of, you know, 12, 15, however old you are, Lee Folk Shaman. Like, maybe that is just patronizing and you feel like you're just putting up with it. But honestly, my first response to this is just like, I would honestly just let them sit there and talk themselves into the ground, make the, you know, maybe have some of your friends there as well so you can, you know, cover them in despisement and scorn later by how much of an idiot they're being. So. Go on. This is a problem I think you can solve with a little bit of money. Okay. Kids are known to having lots of money. I mean, I, 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 know, right? I, hear, I hear that you can, as a child, you can get $80 worth of store credit. If you- <laughs> For your singles, right? Yeah. Go on. If you go to eBay.com right now, yep. there is no end to the Pro Tour and RFPTQ Top 8 playmats you can buy. Oh, Stolen Valor. Nah, dude. Stolen that's Valor. That's not it, man. That, that's, that's playing into their hands. You don't do that. You don't do that. I don't think that actually helps you, right? No. I think, I th- look, Marshy, Marshy Scanlon. Like, imagine if you go and buy a game day playmat from, like, original Theros and you're 15. It's like, did you play this game? Did, <laughs> you, did you win this when you were six years old? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, you get one from, like, Mirrodin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Marshy Scanlon says to me a couple of times mm. that the, one of the greatest tools in his arsenal is being underestimated. Yes, yeah. Yep. It's actually- It's a very powerful thing. Like- Lee Folk Shaman, I don't know exactly what your age is. I don't know what the how these people are treating you in terms of their disrespect, but you need to recognize that you're going to win more games of Magic because your opponents think you're an idiot kid. Mm-hmm. Like, even if that gives you a one percent edge because they're not going to because they're going to underestimate you, right? That's that's an extra game you're winning every every ninety nine games or whatever. So this is actually a good thing. It feels like a bad thing, but it's a good you thing have to, to you, be underestimated. You have to try to let it not make you feel bad. That's the, that's and- the trick. Not only will it help you win, like Riley said, it'll be so much sweeter when you do. Yeah, exactly. Having people underestimate you is something that I think, you know, you actually is, is, an, is an advantage. You just got to temper that ego and make sure. The, here's the thing. What difference does it, what, honestly, think about this, right? I, mm-hmm. I, it's terrible when adults come to children and they're like, ah, you'll, you'll understand when you're older, right? But you'll understand this when you're older. You will. Let me just say, I'm so sorry to do this to you, right? But this is this is a truth that will become increasingly self-evident. Dennis can back me up on this. The, the, the older you get, the more you realize it just doesn't matter what people think of you, man. Nope. It just doesn't matter. You're a smart person. You've got great taste in podcasts. You're good at Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. right? If you can tell me why it's important that this person knows that you're a good player, why? Why does it matter? It doesn't. 
their opinion of you as a player, whether they think you're really good, whether they think you're really bad, my friend, it is irrelevant. It actually is. It may feel important. It may feel important to have people, you know, shower you with with adulation and, and, and admiration of how good you are, especially at your young age. Doesn't make a difference how the cards play out, man. You know what? It does make a difference that the cards play out because if they know you're good, they're going to treat you like a good player and they're going to play better against you because they don't want to lose. They're going to run into your giant growth. Yeah. They're going to... Oh, they couldn't possibly... There's no way that I'm getting next leveled here. This kid's 12. There's no way this kid, there's no way this kid has settled the wreckage. I don't know if you're 12, by the way, Leif Shaman. I'm sorry, but you said kid. I guess you could be like 15, maybe 15. There's no way this kid is going to beat me here. Ah, it's fine. I, I, I'll tune out. I'm going to think about my lunch instead. In my head now, Leif Shaman is listening to the podcast in his high chair with apple sauce <laughs> all over his face. <laughs> having, having dad go, come on, here comes the airplane, woo, like this with a spoon. No, um, Leif Shaman. I'm going to give you a 20-year head start on a lesson, not 20 years, I'm going to give you a 15-year head start on something that you only really, really get begins to sink in in your late 20s, early 30s. It really doesn't matter what people think of you, man. And that's not, that's not just with magic, that's with everything. It really doesn't matter. Obviously, there are limits. Like if you're a bank robber it probably matters what people think of you if you're a, if you're an axe murderer it matters what 12 specific people think of murder, me think yeah of me. exactly as long as you can get those 12 people on side <laughs> so if really, a, really seven if, of you, <laughs> if you can get enough of the jurors to think you're all right don't worry about it but yeah. in, like unless you're actually a really bad person and it's driving people away from you it doesn't matter what how good someone thinks you are at magic they don't need to know right so my advice to you, honestly, here, we have a lot of fun on this podcast. We have a lot of laughs, right? Give yourself a, a, a head start of a decade and a half by removing the need to be admired, adulated, liked, approved of by everyone. By certain people, certainly. You know, you want you want to, you want certain people to, to see you in a, in a good light, your good friends, your family, partners, that sort of thing, right? But some random guy at a shop who thinks you're an idiot because you're a child who cares man honestly who cares it doesn't matter they don't don't worry about seeing rude and arrogant what here's here's another question for you. why are you worried about seeming rude and arrogant but you're not wor- if they're being jerks to you anyway being, yeah. why worry about that like don't worry about any of this stuff man don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small it's stuff. all small that's stuff. something i just thought of just then off the top of my head what do you think of that dennis it's pretty good. It's pretty you should good. write that down. I write a book. I should write a book called it Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and It's All Small Stuff. I know I'm banging on here, Lee Folk Shaman, but I just want to, I really want to get this across. You will, in the fullness of time, come to recognize the extent of my failings and also your own failings when it comes to caring about what people think about you because ultimately, doesn't matter. That's it. What would, what would a medieval king have to say about that, Riley? Dennis, I had so much fun on the weekend, dude. What we're referencing here is, uh, what's what's the Age of Empires? So, Scry Me River. Yep. Charizard Me River. Charizard Me River. Uh, Gank Me From River. Gank Me From River. So, it's forward, Such a good forward, one. <laughs> forward Castle Me Past River. Um, mm. No. I don't know. Lure Me From River. You can... I, there's so much I want to talk about, Dennis. Let's 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 see if the name can. can Riley out. commented in Age of Empires two tournaments. I loved it, man. More it was so good. Oh my goodness, I had such a good time. Right. First of all, I want to say thank you to the team that I worked with. For the most part, hugely supportive and so hardworking. Like magic commentary, that's a tough gig sometimes. You know, you're in the booth for you an hour. Know, apparently, you don't know how easy you got you're it. You're in the booth for an hour, maybe two, talking about long games. 
these Age of Empires casters do six hour shifts and then tell me that that's a half day. That's a cruisy half day of commentary. Wild. It is incredible, man. I was at the desk, right? So I'm like providing the updates, giving them stats, whatever else, whatever, you know. And I'm like, do you want me to pad it out further so you can take a bit of a break? Like, nah, let's just get straight back into it. I'm like, I've been, I've been talking five minutes, man. I can go to 10. Like, it's fine. I got, I got content. And like, no, nah, no, nah, let's just get straight back into it. I'm like, these people are machines, man. So good. So, and I want to thank them as well for looking after me. They were they were helping me a lot. Um, I also want to thank specifically. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dock someone here. I don't actually know their real name. Teleport, a proud jackal on the Discord who held who held me in like carried me, not held me. I guess held me, carried me in their big strong arms throughout the weekend by feeding me all this info. And it was it was so sick, dude. It was incredible because Teleport or knows a bunch about Commander Age of Empires. Dennis, Commander Age of Empires, it slaps so hard, dude. It's so good. <laughs> It's so much fun. Basically, no RNG. Players like you can't sit there and you can't sit in the tank. Yeah, no, you got to act, man. Chess, right? It's it's a fast paced game. It is it is fast and furious, man. Fast and furious, Tata drift. It is so good. Fast <laughs> and furious, Ethiopian drift. Man, I'm so into this game and the culture surrounding it. These are people who are passionate, Dennis about this 20-year-old game that is still kicking around. I fully- Are you going to stream some? Absolutely, 100%. Probably tomorrow. Um, today, when this comes out. Uh, I'm probably streaming it right now when this thing has come out. Anyway, um, one thing I was a bit afraid of, right, is coming on, being like, hey, everyone, welcome to Red Bull Wallalo 4. Uh, so good to have your company. And having everyone in the chat be like, who's this guy? Who's this idiot? Mm-hmm. Get him off our screens. We don't know who he is. The community was so welcoming. So positive. Did you did you get opportunities to bust out some history notes? Oh baby, you wouldn't believe it, man. So I had I had stuff written. In day one, we fell a long way behind Sketch. Um, one thing I don't like about Age of Empires, so they're best of three games. They're, mm-hmm. they're called series or sets, right? And it's best of three. Um, in Magic, you have a game usually goes about ten minutes, maybe fifteen. A really long game will go for half an hour. Occasionally, you'll get a nil all draw if it's like a mirror match, right? Right. Age of Empires games generally go for half an hour. And can go for an hour and fifteen minutes. So you can have <laughs> you can have you can have a, a a match like a set, a best of three that lasts three hours, four hours. Sorry, four hours. And it wouldn't and it wouldn't and it wouldn't be unheard of. Uh, it's it's not. It's very it's very rare. But two and a half hours is like yeah. two and a half hours is like wow that was a that was a long one right. But yeah, decisive. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> It's it's savage. That was what I didn't like. But do you know what I loved? The, the, they were, they were so welcoming and they were so, uh, and man, I, oh, there's so much I want to talk about. But one thing that really got me: Did you ever play Age of Empires as a kid? I played Age of Mythology more than Age of Empires, but yeah. So Age of Mythology had the same thing. Remember, how you could type numbers in and it would play voice lines. Yeah. Right. So one is yes, and two is no, and there's stuff like nice town, I'll take it, and there's stuff like I need wood or send me food or you know. These numbers have come to mean, right, uh, stuff outside the game now, right? So, for example, okay. 11 plays a laughing soundtrack in Age of Empires 2. You type in 11 and it plays a, a, can, a bit of canned laughter. So, when something says, or someone says something funny or something funny happens on the stream, people don't type lol or lull or lol. They type 11. They type 11111111111. So good. It's so good, dude. Um, the sound, the, the number 14 is uh, someone goes, start the game already, right? And so when there's like a delay on coverage or if it's boring, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14. 14. but the best one, 
the best one is 105, dude. 105 is you can resign now, right? Oh boy! And there was a game. There was a point at which some, one of the players was absolutely rumper dumping another one of them, and started building farms. And it didn't. You've got a population cap of, of 200, right? And this guy's gone all in on farms. Started sending farmer after farmer after farmer, building all these farms. Didn't need. Was going to win the game. Didn't need these farmers, right? Could have built cav archers instead to finish it the, off the game faster. He started building farmers. He got to 104 farmers. And that's when his opponent conceded, because getting to 105, getting to 105, it's like a, it's like, it's like BM. Yeah. Having 105 yeah. farmers on the battlefield, on the battlefield, having 105 battle, farmers on the field, it's like, well, 105, dude, you can, you can resign. resign now. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like this subculture of this passionate community was so much fun to be involved in, right? And, uh, yeah, I was getting history facts in there, man. I didn't get on day one, as I said, because we were falling behind. But on day two, like, there was a thing where the Ethiopians fought the, the Vikings. And I was like, mm-hmm. did these civilizations ever meet? And, of course, they didn't because the, the, they're on the other side. Like, there, there wasn't a Suez Canal for the, uh, for the Vikings to sail down. Um, but then <laughs> later on, the Byzantines fought the, um, for the, Bul- the Bulgars. So I talked about the Byzantine-Bulgars Wars that lasted for like 600 years, nearly 700 years. I didn't know that, right? So I learned about that and I gave a little, uh, gave a little history lesson on that, dude. It was so good and I'm doing it again this weekend. Twitch TV slash Rebel. It was so much fun, man. It really was. I want to play it now. Because I've played, played Age of Empires as a kid. Uh, I played Age of Mythology uh, Definitive Edition recently well, enough. Well, here's the thing, Dennis. You know to play competitive magic, right? Mm-hmm. Hundreds of dollars. You need you need the cards. <laughs> yep, yep. Like it's it's ridiculous. You put so much money in and like to get one deck. It's like if you want to play a standard deck on arena, you're you're going to be a good standard deck. You're a couple of hundred dollars in the hole, and then it rotates out, right? Well, as you can imagine, like any top tier esport, Age of Empires two is high cost entry. It is. It's twenty bucks. What? It's twenty bucks, man. Dude, I don't know if I can spring that. Holy crap. This game came out in 1999. There have been five expansions, and it's $20 for all of them. Now, do I get all the staples there? Like, do I get my Bone Crusher Giants? Like, you know what I mean? Is that included? You get the Vikings. You get the Ethiopians. Ethiopia, it turns yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get the Tatars, the Berbers. You get the Mines, the Incans, the Franks. Don't worry about it. That you don't get the most recent DLC, which is going to cost you 10 bucks. Uh, that's for like the three most, I think it's like Italian something else. I can't remember. But you, the Lords of the West, I think it's called. You don't need it. Burgundians. You don't need it. Um, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Can I share you? Because you shared with me. Oh, also, good. a campaign that will take you hours and hours and hours as well. I kind of want to just play it for like what nostalgia's sake. Do you want to play it sometime? I mean, I'm going to get it and stream it so we can play some games against each other. Oh, with each other. We play team games with each other, man. Team, I'll do. You're going to be the snot out of me playing AOE after commenting. Oh, yeah. Do you know the other thing as well? I'm sorry. I know we did so much AOE chat. In, I had a bunch of people, and I want to thank all the people who came into my stream, all the Age of Empires fans. They came and watched mm. me play Magic, right? And we were talking about it. So I was trying to figure out who the Age of Empires read is and who the Age of Empires PV is, right? Mm. So we decided that PVDDR in Age of Empires is a guy called the Viper. He's a... Ooh. He's a... Um, uh, Dirk. That's a reference for only Irish people. He's Norwegian. And <laughs> is that from that show you tried to make me watch? It's from Hardy yeah, Bucks, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's a Norwegian guy. He's been playing since he was a kid. His dad was into Age of Empires, right? And got him into it. And this guy's so good. And I was like, all right, how long would I have to learn to play Age of Empires before I could take, a ga- not a match, a game off the Viper? And someone's like, eh, five years. Maybe if he has a bad day. And I'm like, all right, what if I glued his fingers together, right? And they're like, no, he'd beat you with just the mouse. 
because obviously use keyboard shortcuts, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, what if, what if like he could like what are, if I if I sat down and played ten games against PV, I'd probably win one or two. Yeah, probably for sure. right. Just the just the nature of the beast. That's just how it goes, right? There's no RNG here, though. There's really. no basically no RNG, like very very minimal. So the the separation between the good players and the great players, and the great players and the elite players, right? Is if Sebastian Pozzo beat PV, no mm. one's raising an eyebrow. It went Pozzo's way. He's a good player, but PV's a great yeah. player, one of an, like an all timer, right? If some random guy right spikes a PDQ and beats LSV, no one's being like, oh my goodness, right? But you get huge upsets in AOE because the good players are that much better than everyone else. Mm. They're monsters. The drama, absolute there. machines, right? It's so good, man. I'm super into Age of Empires. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to. I can't wait to be involved. In my, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna play it on stream. I. I didn't think I would because I was like, oh, people are gonna say I'm a fraud. I'm no good at it. But the community is just so welcoming. The community is so positive. They love this game, dude. They That's love sick, the dude. game so much. It's so good. Anyway, Age of Empires, so good. All right, I think we have to wrap it there, Riley. Thank you for listening to that episode. What did you want to talk of- about? Oh, I wanted to share because you shared an Age of Empires meme yeah. with you. I wanted to share an equivalent League of Legends oh, meme with you. I shouldn't have asked. Shouldn't have asked. I, I gave you the out. So there was a tweet a couple of years ago um, about an update they made to a champion, and they were and they were like, "Oh, we've we've adjusted Wukong or whatever his damage so and so." And one of the replies is like, "This is way too much. What are you guys doing? This is crazy." Yeah. And the original writer replied saying. Being good at a certain character in a video game is valuable, but I think I'll take the 200 plus collective years of professional gamers that experience it right over your opinion. Yeah. And now every time they make a mistake, every time they have to nerf a champion, yep. they're like, wow, only 200 years of collective game design experience could have birthed something as complex yes, as this. Very good. And then, and then, and then you'll put, they'll post like pictures of like the, the client crashing yep. and stuff and be like, this has got to be 201 years of game design experience <laughs> at least. Like, oh my God. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. good, man. Age of Empires is full of that stuff as well. Like a player says one thing wrong one time and then they are known for that forever. It's mm. so, oh, it's so succulent. I can't wait to get stuck in more of it i'm happy to watch all right thank you for listening folks uh it's been another episode of scramming river brought to you by sean fireball and riley and dennis yep please check out all your matches gathering pokemon flesh and blood you get what have you need maybe D books use, soon maybe D books soon use code smart Not and thanks joking correct and we will see you next time well a lot cheese bags <laughs> <laughs>